I felt for the longest time, because I'm always behind the scenes, because I'm always running everything, I never get to shine. And he recognized that and he wrote this piece like for me. And I remember him giving me like, like in rehearsals and him giving me notes. And he was like, I don't want you to think about anything else but this. Because immediately I jump into like producer mode and I'm like, how can I help and how can I do this and, and what needs to be done? And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, I want you to like focus on this. And I had the most amazing freeing experience on stage that night. everyone. Welcome to Comedy Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Kate Siegel. I'm Nikki Irvin. And our guest today is the incredible Alyssa Phillips. But before we chat with Alyssa, Kate, what's new? Oh, since uh, I saw you last week? Yeah. Oh, nothing. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this sort of like regular recording schedule that yes. has just sort of fallen into place, though. So Yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, not a lot. We ordered our uh, invitations, Ooh. Uh, so we're going to send those out as soon as they get here, which will be in like two days, two or three days. Okay. Uh, your wedding invitations. Oh my gosh, dude, it's coming up. And it's really stressful. I'm not going to lie, because we only have like three months left. It's like three months, and we've got family coming in from Canada. Omicron is happening. Like, we're asking people to travel, you know? Like, yeah. We are requiring vaccinations. Not like we were going to do that anyway, but then the museum is requiring us to do that. Great. And so we're kind of relieved that it's not just us. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it a little easier to have those conversations with your family. Yeah. You're like, hey, yeah, it is my preference, but also <laughs> you just have to because the museum says so. Right. Um, so that's helpful. But like, I don't know. It's it, it, We've postponed it now twice. And with Omicron happening, like there is definitely a part in the back of my mind that's like, what would be another year? Why not wait another year? Like, do you really want to do this right now? And then we both were just like, yeah, dude, fuck it. We're doing it now. Yeah. Whoever can come can come. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to stress about having a small wedding. Like, it doesn't, you know, like, I'm not going to stress if a lot of people are like, hey, I'm so sorry I can't come. It's yeah. just, it is what it is. We got to move on with our lives. We got to get fucking married and move on with this <laughs> right. shit. <laughs> right. Because, it, you know, it's the anticipation right of of yeah. all right we're doing this we're doing this thing we've got this big event and uh and yeah that's uh, the anticipation is lauren's parents seem sort of like like pushing for like oh you could cancel it again or like postpone it one more time because they're the ones coming in from montreal and so we're trying to be receptive to that but i told lauren i was like look if they want us to cancel the wedding because they don't want to come and they don't want to feel left out of the wedding that's fine. We can do that. But we're not planning another wedding. If this right. wedding gets canceled, we are going to the courthouse. We are getting a fucking paper and it's over because yeah. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> Damn. You know, Damn. I'm like, look, they, if they want us to cancel it because they can't be there and they don't want to feel left out, I get that. And I'm fine with that. But th there's not going to be another wedding they'll get to go to. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, this is it. This yeah. is the one or it's not. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm. How about you? How are you doing? 
I'm good. I'm better. I feel like I'm better than last week. I feel like last week I was really uh, going through the going through the shit. You know what I mean? But I also was uh, my uh, my period was uh, was running real late, and I I realized, oh shit, why am I so extra emotional? I was like, oh, because I got the booster and like that oh, fucked up. You know, yeah, we, I think we yeah, talked yeah. about that last week too. It was mm-hmm. Like my shit was fucked up. Yeah. But um, yeah, doing good. Um, this week I started working at my three jobs. Oh my uh, God. I went from like you know no job uh and just sort of like chilling all day well not chilling but you know living in stress and anxiety um to now it's like okay the things are starting to fall into place i have like insurance i've got you know i've not through my jobs but like medical i've got uh you know i've got food you know what i mean and i've got three jobs yeah. and they're they're pretty they're pretty cool like it's they're pretty cool chill jobs like yeah, I'm, I've been teaching, yeah. uh, teaching kids. Yeah, I'm looking forward to when I like feel like, okay, this is, you know, not going to take up so much energy in my brain of like getting used to these jobs. Luckily, one of them is I can't talk much about it, but it is a creative job where I get to act. But it's uh, I've got like an NDA on it, so I can't explain too much about it. But it is a pretty cool little little like side thing that I you know for a little extra cash that I get to do uh that's been been pretty fun yeah things are I don't know things are things are good things are good at the you know just getting used to it used to the schedule and being busy again after so many months of you know not being totally busy yeah it it helps it helps my brain a lot to have somewhere to go it I honestly like uh I don't know if you have this, but between Thanksgiving and New Year's Day, I can't do anything. Like my brain just shuts off for a month. You know what I mean? Yes. For a month and a week or whatever. Yeah. Like I can't do anything. And I know I'm not alone in that. Like a lot of people have that. It's just like that last month of the year is, I, and it's crazy because that like I was watching all these people book commercials and they were like doing their most work in that mm-hmm. month. And I was like, I am a piece of shit. I like, can't even get out of bed right now. Yeah. Um, but it is kind of funny for me. Like, I don't really believe in like, oh, a brand new start to the new year. Let's go. Right. But there is something that flipped in my brain. And I have been so productive over the last like two weeks. You awesome. know what I mean? I'm just like, go, 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 go. Um, yeah, I don't know. But it really is like, yeah, the end of the, like that, that slump that yes. Thanksgiving the New Year slump is over. Yes. Dude, speaking of like new like goals, New Year goals. Yes. Oh my gosh. Super inspiring to have someone like yes. Alyssa on. Yes. Uh, she is such a badass. Alyssa Phillips, you've seen her on The Mindy Project, Silicon Valley, and Fresh Off the Boat. Alyssa, it is such a pleasure to have you here. Like, I think I, I speak... For, I'm going to speak for Kate and I in saying that uh, I don't know where my life would be without you. Oh, my God. That's oh. yes. I was like, what are you going to say on my behalf, Nikki? No, but that's 1,000% <laughs> true. <laughs> Stop. That, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I love you both so much. Uh, that means a lot to me. Oh, my gosh. No, like you were such a big uh, part of my comedy career and yes. why I chose the pack and why I stayed at the pack had a lot to do with just like working with you. So thank you. That yeah. means a lot. And likewise. I mean, likewise. Yes. Uh, I did not keep keep you at the pack. <laughs> you all collectively, whether I wanted to or not, changed that tech booth. So to, to our listeners, if you are 
you're not familiar, Alyssa Phillips uh, is the former artistic director of the pack, and she really, um, I would say, you, you were very responsible for taking the pack uh, uh, from point A to point B, which is like really, uh, really cool. You had a very difficult task uh that for a long time you weren't even getting paid for yeah yeah um like you were that was a volunteer role yes you were the volunteer artistic director for how many i don't know it all blends together (laughs) it's like at least a very long time at least two years i think it was two years before i started i think it was two years of running it without having a title right and then miles the owner of the theater officially gave me the title but still no money right and then i think it was like a year after that where i'm trying to remember who it was at the pack who was like you need to put your foot down and demand money and i can't remember who it was and they were like this is what you need to do and it was someone who recommended the idea which was like raise the the price of classes and that extra money can be your money right and like an admin fee so that's that's exactly what we made it and miles of course was down for it and all the teachers were like of course yeah Um, yeah yeah for sure but yeah I don't get, I get paid for a long time oh my god I know. <laughs> that's not why you do it right that's right. not why you do it that's not why I did it right yeah right but because it also you're a good person yes it also was me. a lot of a lot of uh of I just like pressure and a lot of like a lot of work went into it. So I think everybody was very glad to see you <laughs> you getting paid. I think we were yeah. most of us were like, uh, this kind of sucks. Like, how do we? Yeah. So I'm glad that I'm glad you put your foot down. I was thinking about like, oh, should you have had to have put your foot down? But you kind of understand why why it was that way because that was sort of the the mentality of everybody there was. Hey, we're we're just trying to create a space. That's the mentality of the pack. Right. That's yeah. the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like that's why the tickets are not tickets. It was pay what you can because right. the whole idea is to make it accessible. And right. if you want to see comedy, you should be able to see comedy and not have to worry about how much money you have or don't have. You know, and that's why classes were so inexpensive because it was. And the classes are quality. Just because it's cheaper doesn't mean it's not as good. Right. You know. But it was the idea that it's really miles is brain which is amazing miles such is such a giving person and his idea was like if you want to take classes we want you to take classes right you know what i mean that's why i I think i put myself through the sketch program there paying miles 50 dollars a week because that was all i could afford at the time wow it was like our version of a payment plan yeah Yeah. but yeah so and then like and doing what i did i mean it just kind of made sense but it was just like I care about comedy and I care about people and I am also like hella type A and I was like you're doing this all wrong and you're not doing it at all and someone's got to do it. Yeah. I'll just do it. Yeah. And then it kind of like snowballed. Yeah. It got a little out of hand. You were doing so much. You were in control of everything. A lot. Yes. Yeah. I think for me when I finally decided to step down which was like at one point during the pandemic, it was like after we moved the entire theater over to Twitch, which I was really proud about. I was really proud about like the fundraiser that mm-hmm. we did to raise money to like mm-hmm. make sure yeah. we can go back when we want to go back. But I think I realized that I, I had been putting the pack before myself for mm-hmm. so long. And that's what I do with everything in my life. And it was like time to put Alyssa first. Yeah. And Miles, again, 1000% understood. He like I think he like knew this was coming. Right? Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So for you, like what what did putting Alyssa first mean? What did that look like when you decided to step back? Um, I started get I first started by just getting real down, deep, dirty, personal with myself and fig- mm-hmm. and figuring out what I wanted that to be and what I was depriving myself of for so long. So I did like a lot of like inner work because, you know, we live in such a we live in such a crazy world and it's like very like 
high fast paced and it's just like it's move 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 go 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 and no one I feel like a lot of people don't really stop and like take the time to like reflect on themselves and be like hold on Mm -hmm. let me check with myself I did a lot of work on myself and I did a lot of work on what would fulfill me and what would make me happy Mm -hmm. um you know what does putting myself first mean and ever since then I feel I feel pretty good I feel pretty like fulfilled and I feel like I'm you know I'm in the right direction and, you know, and I think for me what was really hard was allowing myself to tell myself that it's not selfish to think of myself first because I, I saw it as being oh, selfish for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Was there a catalyst for it? Was there something that, like, happened that you were like, I've got to make a change or was it sort of just this gradual? Um, I think because I think I told you during the pandemic I found, like, meditation for the first time in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and journaling, which I had never done because I always was like, yeah, that's weird and awkward and icky. Right. It could be. Um, But I think I realized that I wasn't like really listening to myself. Mm -hmm. And when I started listening to myself and like listening to my intuition, I was like, this doesn't feel right. Twitch comedy and like doing all of this doesn't feel right to me. It just feels like I'm I'm doing it. It feels good to help others, but, like, it's not doing anything for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it it felt like a disconnect. And that's when I was like, oh, like, this theater should be run by someone who's excited about, you know, like, the future of online comedy. Because at that point, that's what we thought it was going to be. Right. And that is not me, you know. And and it was also a hard balance because I was working at a restaurant and going back and forth between getting fired and working. And (laughs) so that was a lot of fun. Um, but it takes a lot of time to run that theater. And I think I trained like 13 people to replace me originally. Wow. wow. Yeah. Um, and so it, it takes a lot. And I and yeah, so I think the catalyst was really just like really listening to myself and being honest with myself and being like, oh, that feeling in your gut, that's your that's your, you know, that's yourself telling you this doesn't this isn't right. So yeah. just do something about it. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. And it's hard because like you can be really good at something. And it's just not the right thing for you to be doing because it's not right. It's really all ultimately like not right for you. And it's also like a struggle if you feel like, oh, like uh, nobody else is stepping up to do it. But ultimately, by continuing to do it, then you're not really giving somebody an opportunity like you have to give them the opportunity to step up. And they're not going to (laughs) if like if they're not forced into it it was I was in a way I was like a crutch for everybody yeah and when I talked to Miles and when I when I finally made the decision to do it and I had talked to Brian James O'Connell about it previously who's uh for those of you listening uh, uh, ran the theater basically um before me and I got his advice and when I went to Miles first of all I was hysterically crying I like sobbing like heaving I couldn't breathe because I I was so sad because I love that theater so, so much. And I love Miles so much. Um, Miles said to me, he said, the best thing you can do for this theater is to go off and like, you know, man, like do your dreams and be successful. Yeah. He was like, that's the best thing you can do for this theater. Yeah. And he was like, and I believe you can do that. Yeah. And that to me was like the okay to to like kind of like let it go. Yeah. You know, you feel this responsibility towards the people. Um, and you don't want to disappoint the people and the opportunities that you've given them. But then, you know, the work, the it, it will suffer. The organization will suffer. The show will suffer ultimately if you're 
if you are feeling that stress within yourself <laughs> about it, no matter how good your intentions are or how much you want to like stick to your promises, right? Of like, I promised this to you. I promised to be this person and I can't do it anymore. And then that freedom of like, yeah. once you let it go, yeah, everybody's going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the thing, right? Yeah. It's like, I used to have this whenever I'd quit a job, it'd be like, oh, but yeah, it's so bad. And then I'd quit and I'd be like, they're fine. They'll fucking hire somebody right. else. Yeah. Right. It will be fine. Exactly. Yeah. You don't exactly. matter that much. I mean, we matter. We all matter. We all, but right. Ultimately, we're not we're not so special that we are irreplaceable. irreplaceable. Oh, I mean, I'm irreplaceable. You Maybe are. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, you really are. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Some people are irreplaceable, or you can replace them with 13 other people. There you right. go. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, so let's yeah. uh, let's talk about little BB, Alyssa. Like, let's talk about where you grew up and what your family was like and Jersey? how you. Yeah. Oh my God! Bite your tongue. <laughs> Bite your tongue. <laughs> this podcast you is over. <laughs> I am out. I am leaving. I will say I'm born and raised in San Diego. I don't know anything about the East Coast or East Coast rivalries or what anything over there means. It's just that Jersey's trash. It's okay, Jersey's okay. trash. Got it, got it, got it. I love Jersey. I don't love Jersey. Um, it's just trash. I'm from New York. I'm from oh, you, New York. oh, you're from New York. Okay. Why did I think New Jersey? What the because fuck is this problem? There's no, there's this like running. I don't even know who started the joke at the theater. Is, okay. Is that, but I've heard that somewhere, right? That I didn't right make now, that Right now, Dom up. Johnson is so happy. Yeah. <laughs> Dom Johnson he's, and Nick Liger he's, are okay. Okay. So excited. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, uh, Dom isn't listening to this. Uh, he's too busy busy listening to Honky Tonk. Uh, he's my new neighbor, by the way. Oh, oh wait, wait. Did he move or did you move? He moved. He moved into my complex. He's in that complex he's with everybody. He's in, in the comedy the complex. Party complex. The party oh. complex. Oh, that's a great. I've, I like it. I've had dreams of living in that complex because like everyone's there. Dude, right? it's a hot spot. It's, it's a, a hot spot. It's a hot spot. I'm closer now, spot. though. Yeah. I'm closer. You can come hang out yeah. with us. Thank our- you. Okay, so okay, so you grew up in New York. Yeah, uh, I know we've met. Uh, I don't know if Kate, you've if you've met her mom. Um, oh, I not met her, but I got to see her perform at the pack. Yes, at, at Sketch That Tune. Yes. My yeah, mother did yeah. perform at right. Sketch That Tune. And your brother also does comedy as well. Yeah, he's not an actor. He's someone who got. We are the exact opposite in every way, shape, and form. Um, he did improv. He was at UCB in New York before anyone knew what UCB was. Mm. Before UCB knew what UCB was. Like, <laughs> way in the beginning. Oh yeah. He's not an actor and he's not a performer. And he found improv and he's amazing. He's the best improv coach I've ever had. Really? Wow. He's amazing. He's also a genius. He took, like, the SATs in seventh grade and got a perfect score. Holy Damn. Shit. He's, like, a genius. Yeah. The best improv coach I've ever had. So he, yeah, he's done comedy. Um, That's where he met his now fiance because she was a UCB girl. Um, Aww. I know. Cute. I love a, love I love comedy. a comedy story. Comedy and love mm, yeah. happens. <laughs> For some. For some people. For some people it happens. <laughs> it's disastrous. <laughs> Truth. Um, yeah. All my relationships of the past. <laughs> Except for Except for this one. The current one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so wh- how, when did you know, um, so were you like, uh, were you a performer as a kid? Yeah, I was one of those theater kids. I think I was, yeah. I was Annie when I was five. Oh, my God. Oh, you were like that kind yeah, of yeah, theater yeah. kid. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I've been performing like, ever since I was a little girl. And your mom is uh, in, is in a band. My mom's a musician. She's a musician. Right. My dad my dad uh, 
sings in an acapella chorus, like music and like performing is for sure part of your family. Absolutely. Like the arts, which is I'm so blessed about that because, you know, when I said I wanted to go to a college for performing arts, they were very supportive. Awesome. Um, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they didn't fight me on it. They're like and every step of the way, like every art crazy artistic decision I've made you know you like when I decide to move across the country like very very supportive which I know I'm very fortunate to have that because I know some people don't have that and did you know pretty young that that's what you were yeah. like this is it yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure cool absolutely yeah okay. yeah there, nice. there's only been one direction yeah and so you probably like did you uh you performed all through school and mm -hmm. then you went to a performing uh arts college you where, said where I did you I went to University of the Arts in Philadelphia okay. which is basically a conservatory but you take right like on. one academic and you get to call it a university okay Ooh. yeah so you get to get a bfa gotcha nice have you always been a comedy fan i know you are like a huge gilda radner fan huge uh and so you probably grew up watching snl i'm guessing a little bit um i watched old school snl okay. um i watched a lot of uh my grandmother would always have me watch abbott and costello oh I love Lucy. So yes. I'm a yeah. fan of like that era of comedy. I'm, Physical. I'm much more a fan of that. That's like my jam. It's like vaudeville yeah. style comedy. Kind of. Yeah. I also, when I watch comedy now, not that I don't like it, I do, but I can like, I look for the essence of why it is now because it all stems from back then. Totally. Do you know what yes. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I always talk about, I took an acting class out here and uh, it was a master class in comedy and we were working on scenes outside and I had a scene partner and Pedro, very, very talented young man, very, very talented, very young. And we were outside working on the scene. I was like, ugh, oh, this is so like, who's on first? And he's like, what? And I was like, it's like very who's on first. And he <laughs> went, what? And I went, you know, by Abbott and Costello. And he went, who? And I went that night, I think I put who's on first on his Facebook profile. And he was like, like on his page. And he was like, thank you so much for this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause Aww. it all stems from that kind of stuff. Yes. Oh yeah. A thousand percent. Nichols in May. I, I love yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. Love it. A thousand percent. Yeah. But I mean, I was into other things too. I studied um, at the British American Drama Academy in England for a year because for a oh, while, wow. yeah, for a while I thought what I wanted to do was be a classical actor until I realized that Americans don't really get that luxury very often. Right. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, I love, I mean, I love Shakespeare. So Madison also went and studied in the UK, a drama program, or was it Danielle? We had, we interviewed them back to back. Anyway, we had someone <laughs> on the podcast, uh, had was a like terrible, somebody. had a fucking terrible time. Really? Yeah. Cause I think, first it was Madison. I think it was Madison. She was also saying that it was like the Amer the bias against Americans. It's like, there is know, for sure. Yeah. There's, there's for sure a, a bias, bias against, Americans. against Americans. Yeah. Yeah. And once I realized that I was like, oh, I mean, I'm still going to study it and like right. work my ass off at it. But at the yeah. same time, I was like, this is not where my future is. They're lies. always going to yeah. pick a British actor if they can. They're yeah. like, oh, all right. Laura Linney, you're our one exception. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Laura Linney, you're our one exception. <laughs> Very true. Yes. Yeah, basically, right? Very true. <laughs> did right. you know you wanted to pursue comedy or when did you know that that was like the avenue you wanted to go down? My brother always recommended I take a class at UCB and I just kept fighting him on it. And I was like, I'm busy. I don't have time. I don't yeah, care. What the hell is right. UCB? I don't know what you're talking about. And finally, my brother was like, I will pay for your, for, for your 101, your improv 101 if you take this class because I really think you would like it. And my brother chose my teacher for every improv class I took in New York. Oh, um, yeah. Wow. And because he was that like he, he knew that I would love it. 
And he was right. As long as you had a good experience. For sure. The right teacher. For sure. Yeah. Um, so I guess I credit it now that I think about it um, to my brother because my brother was the one who really got me focusing on it. I took one 101 class at UCB and I was like, oh, this makes sense for oh, improv. Yeah. yeah. I was like this. And then I spent. Who was your teacher? Sean Diston. Okay. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, um, right And on. the best teacher to have for 101 because he's. His laugh is infectious and he's so kind and like, you know, 101, you're nervous. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. He's the best teacher to make mistakes in front of. Totally. The best teacher. And like, I, I love him so much. I think he's so talented and so funny and wonderful. And I I would take a 101 class with him again just because he's great. Totally. I think uh, if you had that experience with your 101 teacher, it absolutely influenced how you feel about improv as a whole, I think. I, I had a really positive experience with my 101 teacher. Loved them. And like, you know, I didn't like I didn't love UCB, but I didn't hate it as much as some people who had like a terrible 101 teacher. Yeah. yeah. I didn't hate UCB as much as a lot of people. Yeah. I, I I like UCB a lot. <laughs> I like UCB a lot. I we think don't it's hear great. that a lot on this podcast. I'm I not going to lie. I think it's great. I've read the like manual and I think it's a really interesting, I think it's a great tool. I think it's great to yes. be able to take yeah. that and make it this sort of, because like I'm that kind of a person. I like to read about things. I like tell me what to do and I'll do it. And comedy doesn't really work that way, but it's great to have that. Um, I think I think they're great. I think what drew me to the pack, and this is before it was the pack, it was when it was still uh, Miles Stroth Workshop, but. I think somewhere along the way, in my personal opinion, um, UCB got so focused on game and so focused on structure and they, a lot of people, not everybody, a lot of people lost the essence of what they're doing and why they're doing it in the first place. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like, I think it's, I think everyone should study there. I think it's great. And then I think you go to the pack to learn how to make it funny. I used to say you start at UCB, you get the structure and then you go to the pack and you learn how to think about comedy. I say the same thing. Yeah. I say the same thing because I did it the opposite. (laughs) I was like, my, my first sketch class was Eric Moneypenny. My first improv class was Miles Straw. Oh, wow. I mean, okay. this yeah, is yeah, like, yeah. we're talking about two amazing people. Yeah, so like, totally. Like, can't go got, wrong. Right. Can't not go wrong. Got pretty lucky that way. You're totally. very lucky. But yeah. it was like, I took my first character class at the pack with Jeff Sloniker. Oh, amazing. So good. I took my second character class with Hal Rudnick at UCB, uh-huh. now both Midnight Show members. Yeah. However, they teach very differently. Yes. And in a way, I wish I did Hal's first and Jeff's second because Hal is very structure oriented. Yeah, he's yes. very focused on which game. I love. And Jeff is the complete opposite. And that's what I'm saying. I think you. I think it's. I think you have to. And I remember talking to Hal about this, and he was like, "You have to learn structure before you know how to break it." Right. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? Like, you know, everybody says this, but it's like about Picasso, right? He didn't start with cubism. He started right. with like a very like classical traditional style of painting and then created cubism yeah so ucb is the blue period and the pack <laughs> is fucking cubism love this where's groundlings in yes this yeah. <laughs> have you have you taken groundlings have i you have t- did you do io west at all um i've done both i've studied second a, city i've never studied at second city i think i've studied at io west and i've studied at groundlings both were not for me but i think at that point i was so in miles Stroth workshop you know prior to the pack I was so in in that um I get what they're doing at Groundlings I get it I feel like there's like a little bit of like a bullying thing over there mm-hmm. I have heard that yeah and I have a lot of friends who've gone through the program and they would talk about it and strong people not people who would normally complain right and um it's just that's just not 
I, I don't find that productive in any in any way, shape, or form. I think criticism is great. I think push me so I get better. But there's a way to do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And everybody's different. And everyone responds differently. And you, as a as a teacher and as someone who's teaching others, needs to be able to see what what works for one person and what doesn't. So as a whole, I was just like, whatever. But in general, I, I think that they have done studies on this, and and people in general do not respond well to being like bullied by their teacher. I mean, I sure. <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> Some people, some people can. Uh, yeah, but you know what I will say? They're traumatized, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I no. studied level, uh, what I don't know what level it was improv at the pack when Emily Candini taught me, but she's got a style. I don't want to say it's bullying, but it's it's hard, and she right. she calls you out in your bullshit. Yeah, and but I think she does it in a productive way, and she does it in a caring way. So while it's like she will call you out on your bullshit, yeah, but it's. It's I. It, it's in a productive way. It's it, it's in a way that yeah. you know what I mean. It makes it's you like, aware. You can do better. I know you can do yeah. better. You need to believe you can do better. Yeah. You know. And I loved that about her. Yeah. I loved that about her as a teacher. Mm, yeah. 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 Oh man. So now you you've been uh you've been transitioning from doing uh more like sketch and group related things to now doing stand up comedy. Yeah. When did you start? When did you start doing stand up comedy? I've always done it like I've, done it for a while. Yeah, right? I've always dabbled in it for a long time. I've just never been able to like do it a lot um, on my own because I've always running the theater, either right. like waiting tables mm-hmm. or running the theater. Yeah. So this has given me the opportunity to really do it. Um, but I like it because in a way I'm I'm doing it for myself. Like again, yeah. like I'm finally doing it for myself. Like I'm, you know, I always had a problem on a sketch team with writing sketches for myself because it, I felt selfish. Um, it feels a little narcissistic, maybe. It, it felt, a, it, yeah. Which it's not. No, 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 no. no. I agree with you. It's but I, I have that same feeling. But I had that yeah. feeling. Yes. Um. And so, and and to now be able to write for myself essentially and feel really good about it is so freeing and so amazing because I love mm-hmm. writing jokes and I love saying jokes and I love being able to have the opportunity to do it. Yeah. So that's what this is for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I love it. I think it's great. It's so much fun. Yeah. And you're performing a lot right now, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, maybe more than I should be because of the pandemic. Um, <laughs> well, everybody else is too. So what are you going to do? I know. <laughs> right. Um, I'm, you know, and I'm still like towing the balance of like, I need to work and make money, but I also want to keep performing. Um, so yeah, but I'm loving it and it's been great. And, you know, the, the stand-up world is a very different world than other comedy worlds for sure because yeah. it is very one you know you go to i mean we've yeah. all we've all been to like the open mics or whatever where it's just a bunch of comics sitting there and everyone's looking at their set and no one's paying attention and they get up and they do their set and then they leave yeah and i will never be that person because i will always support the other comics because i because that's just who i am which i'm gonna say that's a great way to be it's really difficult because it's time consuming right For sure. i think a lot of people aren't that way not because they're mean or they don't want to you know they don't want to support other people but it's like well i want to go to this other mic so i can try this in front of another group of people and then i want to go to this other mic so i can try it in front of another group of people right I I get very, that. Yeah, right. It's a hard thing to like balance. But it's like, you know, I agree. I think if you're going to do it, like, you know, stay for other people's sets. Like, you got to, you kind of got to. If you want someone to stay for you, you should yeah. stay for them. Yeah, right. And it's still like, it, and even in stand up, even if it is pretty like insular and self focused, it's still important to create relationships with people yeah. and to be supportive of other people because 
not a lot of people can make up money from just doing stand-up. Like, it is a very rare thing. You usually make your money doing stand-up by getting, uh, you know, getting jobs as a writer on shows, yeah. different kinds of shows, you know, things like that. Like, showing that, and how do you get those jobs? By being somebody that somebody wants to work with. And yeah. you're somebody that I think a lot of people want to work with because you make it pleasurable. Are you finding as you do stand up because you're coming from like a, the pack which is arguably like a very like this is a community and we view it as a community stand up we're talking about can be kind of insular individualistic but i do think there is a community it's like a community of individuals are you yes. finding your community in the stand up world or not you- really and i'm okay with that okay um, yeah. um i i'm i mean obviously i'm meeting new comics and i'm meeting new people all the time which is great. Yeah. Um, I don't feel that sense of community that I did at the pack. Mm. Um, but I'm also okay with that. Um, I think it's cool to meet new people and I, and I love it. Um, and what, what is interesting is like you do one show and then they'll be like, God, you are great. I want to book you on my show. So that's how, that's how it kind of happens. Yeah. Um, but it's still, it's just, it's not the same as like a comedy community. You know what I mean? Right. right. But I think that's okay. Totally. I think yeah. it's okay. It's like different kinds of relationships. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it is. I'm sure it, did it take, did it take any time getting used to that or, you know, or we, did you just kind of go in, do you go into it knowing that it's just not, it's not going to be like that? I think I was okay. Yeah. yeah. I think I yeah. went into it being like, this is what it is. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. totally. I don't get negative and I don't get down in general. Like, I think I, you know, I go into new situations and it's just like, th- this is what it is. Yeah. And let's just see what happens. And you, like, that is actually, uh, we wanted to have you on as our first guest of the year, but you're scheduling because you are fucking crushing it. I'm sorry. I know yeah. it's busy. Uh, I did not allow you to, but that, I mean, great because we got to interview Jasper. It was wonderful. But, um, the reason we had thought of you initially for that is because you are such a motivated, sort of like confident, and I think just like goal-oriented person. We thought of you as like, oh, first guest of the new year, somebody who's like, just like fucking jumps into something and works at it and like sets goals and starts achieving those goals. I mean, that's how I, I think we both see you. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't, thanks. I don't yeah. know what the point of that was other than just like a compliment fest. <laughs> I'm into it. I'll take it. Yeah, no. I really, I ad- I admire that so much about you. And I really admire your, um, like how you do stay positive and stay on top of things. And you don't, um, as far as I can see, you don't, uh, you don't let, you know, let things a- affect you that don't have any, either don't have anything to do with you or that you can't do anything about. And I, mm. I really, uh, I don't know. I was... I remember like going through sort of a tough time during the pandemic with that or just like feeling like interpersonal conflicts were, uh, you know, just, you know, I, I, I was struggling with that. And like, you know, just kind of looking at like what you were doing and how you stayed on top of, you know, on top of all of the pressures of everything that was going on. And you stayed like positive and motivated was really inspiring. Oh, um, so I appreciate that so much yeah, that you you who you are. Who you are, <laughs> you know? Thanks. I just think that, like, I just think it's like, where do you want to put your energy, guys? Do you know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. and I, and I'm not saying people, you can't have bad days and have bad feelings because those are all like valid. But I just think it's like, do you want to feel that way? Obviously not. Well, how do you want to feel? Well, then feel that way because the only person who has the the you know the only person who has the power to have you to make you feel happy is you. Right. If you're unhappy with something, cool. You're allowed to be unhappy about it. Why are you unhappy? Change it. 
Right. right. I don't know. Easier said than done. That's just the kind of person I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. A sketch team isn't working. Great. I'm going to fix it. Something isn't working. It's broken. I will fix it. Yeah. I'm not going to sit and complain about it because it doesn't make me feel good. Oh. It makes you feel helpless, right? Yeah. And I don't like that. Yeah. I like to feel empowered. Totally. And we should all feel empowered. And you are empowered. People just grab it in different ways. So something's not working. Great. This is this is shitty. This sucks. Absolutely. So let's fix it. I don't know. Just fix it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You're, you're also a really disciplined person. I think uh, I think that probably helps too. That <laughs> yeah, you know, probably because it, it does take it takes discipline to be positive. Um, I would agree. Yes, yeah, very easy for our neural pathways to go into a negative place, um, and so it does take discipline and like constant remember like reminders to stay positive, mm-hmm. to stay like stay motivated and things like that. You know, <laughs> whether it's uh, working out, getting your sweet guns. Oh man, uh, Alyssa is Alyssa's pretty jacked y'all nah. <laughs> I work really hard at it so yes yeah. but you know again that's a discipline it's not something that comes easy it's not a natural thing it's something that you work at and so right. yeah yeah I am uh infinitely inspired by anyone who exercises <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. I, as a comedian, I honestly feel like I use the fact that I do comedy as an excuse to not exercise because I'm I like, I don't need to be healthy. I do comedy. I love um, it. I and then I run into people like you and I'm like, oh, right. fuck, that's not a reason. Right. <laughs> I just love it. But you're right. I mean, it is like a discipline. I mean, yeah. it's to each their own. Like, I love yeah. it. And I get some of like my best material when I'm like, when, you're... when I'm right, when I'm running. Like, I, I get so much material when I'm running because my, my brain is just cleared. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So clear that you run yourself clear to the freeway. Is that what happened to you this morning? Oh my god! I really thought I was going to be late. I, you know, new neighborhood. I just moved, and I was like, I'm going to run, and I'm going to like listen to like astrology stuff about like the upcoming full moon in Cancer, and like how I'm a Cancer rising, and I'm just like listening, and I'm running, and I was just like, this seems weird. I was like, it just keeps going, and I was like, it's got to be a circle. I got to come back around, and then I'm like running, and I'm like, this is a long time, and then I get to like the freeway entrance, and I was like. Oh, this is bad. <laughs> this is bad. Fuck astrology. Goddamn Mercury retrograde. I was like, I'm turning around. Oh, yes. Mercury is in retrograde. Mercury is in retrograde. Yeah. Uh, I learned that on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into these are five things. Okay. First question is, what's your biggest influence in comedy? I feel like I know this answer, but I want to hear you say it anyways. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I want to know what you're going to say. Gilda Radner. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, my biggest influence in comedy is Gilda. Yeah, talk, talk to us about Gilda. Um, her fearlessness um, in her comedy, which is so interesting because as a human, she was very um, not. Uh, f- she was very full of fear and insecurities that I think I can relate to her. I think we have we have very very similar insecurities, but in her comedy, she is fearless and. Um, her willingness to be silly is just so admirable and freeing. And I love that. I love that. When did you, do you remember the first time you had, you watched her? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, cause, because I am a fan of watching older comedy and I remember watching old school SNL and she, she was doing this sketch and it was like the girls were all singing and I can't remember. They were like background singers but I remember there's this moment where like and totally not meant to be in the sketch and Gilda like picks her wedgie. And I just remember like that being like brilliant because I was just like she didn't even like try and hide it. Like she clearly had a wedgie and she just like pulled it in the middle of the song. 
And I was just like, that's badass. Like, way to be like, screw you, NBC. Like, yeah. I'm just going to pull my wedgie out in the middle of a song. Oh, I thought amazing. it was great. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> what was, has been so far your worst moment in comedy and your best moment in comedy? Wow, these are, that's big. Um, I don't know what my worst, there's, I mean, there's like a million times I've like bombed on stage. So I'm assuming one of those would be like the worst moment in comedy. <laughs> um, like as a, either as a sketch performer or as a stand-up. Totally. Um, I've had bad improv shows. I mean, I could think of lots of ways that I've had bad, I've bombed. So those are probably like my worst. I don't know if one of them is my worst. It's gotta be one of those. Um, I'm God, I've bombed with so many wonderful people across from me. <laughs> um, thank God they were there to like make me good. But best, Sam Weller did a show at the Pack during Pacella, which was like our festival, our play on Coachella. And he writes these um, original shows, in essence. And they're always like part musical, part comedy. And it's a uh, super dating simulator. It was a super dating simulator, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he asked me to do it, and I got to be the lead. And for me, that was a big deal because I felt for the longest time, because I'm always behind the scenes, because I'm always running everything, I never get to shine. And he recognized that, and he wrote this piece like for me. And I remember him giving me like, like in rehearsals and him giving me notes and he was like I don't want you to think about anything else but this because immediately I jump into like producer mode and I'm like how can I help and how can I do this and, and what needs to be done and he's like no 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 he's like I want you to like focus on this and I had the most amazing freeing experience on stage that night um, because I got to just have fun which That's... was like rare for me I can count mm. on like one hand the number of times I've had fun on that stage which is like a shame because I've done so much but that's one of the but it's stressful yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's really sweet mm. hell yeah sam weller love sam weller oh good stuff good stuff he's a good one he's yeah. a good one also uh sarah as well uh, sarah and um yeah reed yeah uh, also producers on that show yeah. i just want to shout out shout out the ladies shout out the ladies on super dating simulator hell yeah badass oh uh, yeah. so good badass all right okay uh number three Hype up a friend, somebody in comedy that you think is really amazing, doing great work, and maybe you'd like to see us interview. Well, they're not based in L.A., so you would have to do it virtually. Okay. okay. But way to get that challenge in. Um, if anyone can do it, you can. I would say Jessica Jolay. Oh, oh yep. she, yes. She is definitely on our list. Love yeah. of my life. Um, Jessica recently finished a very long stint. I don't know how many years she was on Studio C. Studio C is like the Mormon version of SNL. Yeah, we um, just had Austin Williams oh, great. on who is on it. Um, um, Jessica's been on it for a while, and right. she recently um, left and moved to Connecticut. But um, she's one of the funniest people on the face of the planet, and mm -hmm. her point of view in comedy and in like characters is so unique to her crazy brain in the best of ways. Um, and I'm just so excited for her because I'm, I'm really hoping that being on the East Coast gives her more opportunities. But I think I think she she's amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Big fan of Jess Verley. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I remember uh, this bit she did with um, was a video sketch uh, where she was playing Lady Gaga. And yeah. It was like uh, like selling like Perfume, perfume but then she was like eating chips throughout it um and it was very like stylized and <laughs> i don't know i just i like 
I loved yeah, it. Written, it was... written by Sarah Bellardini, who would, would have been the other person I would have shouted out as a writer. But um, Sarah's amazing. Okay, yeah. Hell she's yeah. also on our list. Sarah's yeah. great. And she's I been don't... working a lot in, an, in animation. She's been, she worked a lot. I mean, I think now she's, you know, looking for the next gig. But Sarah, and she's so young. I think she'll always be 22 to me, which is not what she's like. <laughs> she's like she 30 is. now. And no, no. Right? I don't even think she's 30. No, she's no. not. She's 29. Um, but just like insane to me because... Her resume is amazing. She's so crazy talented. Yeah. Like, it's just bananas to me. Sarah would be a great person to have on to have from, like, a writer's perspective. Um, oh, yeah. Um, but she wrote that parody commercial for Jessica. Ah, oh, oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Ugh, love it, love it. You've done sketch. You've done live sketch. You have, you know, you've been on television. You're doing stand-up. What is something you haven't yet had the opportunity to do in your career that you're looking forward to or that you're like, this is the next kind of bucket list thing? Yeah, I'm going to sell my TV show this year. This is the year I sell the TV show. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm going to sell it. I think that I'm actually I'm so confident in it that um, I know I'm going to sell it. The selling part isn't going to be the hard part. The hard part is going to be convincing them to let me be the lead because I'm not a celebrity. Right. Um, Okay. um, But um, I'm going to, yeah, I'm very, very ready to sell this TV show and to open up all of that. I've never pitched a TV show before. If you are the writer on it and you're deciding who you want to sell it to, do you get to like say things like, I'll sell it to you, but I want to be able to audition for the lead? Is that like a thing you can say to someone? I think further down the line, it's I'm I'm not there yet. Okay. Um, it's still finding the right, right now I'm at a place where I'm still find, trying to find the right match for it. Gotcha. Um, with regards to a production company who believes in it as much as I do, um, but eventually, I mean, that it's going to come up. It's going to come up. They're going to say, because in like your pitch deck, you put like, you sort of, one of the things you do is like, you put like your dream people to play it or people that would play it. And there's only one option for, I mean, it's, it's, it's for me. Yeah. yeah. It's for me. Yeah. You wrote this with you in mind, right? I originally wrote it as a one woman show to be done at the Pack Theater. Right. A very, very long time ago. And then when the pandemic hit and then with the advent of like Queen's Gambit and like watching Fleabag, I was like, oh. And I was like, first I was like, maybe I'll take this to Edinburgh. It's a pandemic, when will that happen? Who knows? And I was like, ooh, miniseries. Nice. This is what it, this is what it needs to be. And then yeah. it just, it made sense and it felt right. And I've had a lot of like great people look at it and everyone's very excited about it. So it's just a matter of time. That's not conceit. It's just a matter of time. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. Love I'm it. so excited. Thanks. <laughs> Me too. Yes. Final question. Um, what? I got so excited by this. And by you. <laughs> you said it like it was like an Alex Trebek like moment. Yes. Like Final Jeopardy. Like final question. Final question. For what? a million dollars. For a million of oh. dollars. Cool. Uh, give us some advice. What advice do you have? Oh my God. For comedians who are maybe just starting out or are already in the throes of doing comedy. Just be nice. I just think everyone a lot of times needs a reminder Mm. to like be nice to yourself and to others. First to yourself because we're so hard on ourselves. Like congratulate yourself for the little things because it may seem little but those little things all beget like you know what I mean? It's leading towards bigger things. Comparing yourself to others is such a deadly trap. Focus on yourself, be good to yourself, and then be good to others. I fully believe a high tide raises all ships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, We're all in this together. 
You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's not competition. We are all in this together. My dream is to sell my TV show and to have my fellow funny friends be the writers in the room. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we're all in this together. Yeah. Just be nice to other people because it goes a long way. Just, yeah, be nice. <laughs> That's excellent advice. Um, especially the part of being nice to yourself yeah. first, you know, you can't yeah. be really, it's hard to be nice to other people if you're not nice to yourself. And it's really easy to be totally. not nice to yourself. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, really yeah. easy. And I do think, yeah, it's like one begets the other, right? As soon as you like start kind of criticizing yourself and being hypercritical of yourself, you're it's going to transfer to the way you look at other people totally. and talk about other people. And like, it's just, yeah, be gentle, especially now, yeah. but especially always. Like, I hope you two are so proud of what you two are doing because like, this is a big deal. And like, you should celebrate it yourselves because not only have you continued to do this throughout a pandemic, hello, mm -hmm. you, you do it and you both do this effortlessly like ain't no thing this is just what we're going to do but it's a huge thing and it reaches people and then it's going to spark something in their mind that's going to spark something else do you know what I mean yeah when I started to give myself credit which was really hard for me to do because again I don't ever want to see it as like selfish or conceited but I was like I'm so proud of the work I did at the pack and like mm -hmm. when I see relationships form comedically and romantically sometimes <laughs> I'm like yo Alyssa you had a part in that yeah. do you know yeah. what I mean yeah, yeah. and like what you two are doing is huge Oh, you're reaching people and you should my point is you should be giving yourself more credit and it shouldn't and it, and it doesn't even need to be this huge thing it's like yeah rock on like at the end of the night before you go to bed it's like I'm appreciative of the fact that like I got to create art and I got to reach people today yeah. dope that's dope yeah do you know what I'm saying true story it's easy to when you are it's just something that you do to like kind of forget that it is cool, you know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. or it's that cool. you're doing something. Yeah, and yeah. That it, it took it took effort. It took work. Yeah, Even if it doesn't doesn't feel like it, or it, it, you know, like it doesn't feel like it anymore because it's just like a thing that we've been doing for so long. Right. It's like hard to like remember, like oh yeah, but it, this getting to this point was like a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. You should right? celebrate it. Yeah, yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And like the more often I think you celebrate the quote unquote little wins, like. You know what I mean? Then the more effortless it, effortless it becomes to celebrate that because you know that you should be celebrating it. Like everything is, in a way is like a little mini celebration. What are you celebrating right now? Yeah. I'm celebrating this. I'm celebrating being here ah, with you guys. I haven't oh. seen either one of you in oh, over a year. God. Oh, I think I, I saw you a little bit before that. But um, yeah, why don't I see you? I think the last time I saw you was at Jessica's memorial. Oh, oh, man. yeah. Oh. Um, but other than that, I haven't seen you. I haven't seen you guys. So to be here, like I'm celebrating this. This is great. I'm very excited for this. I'm Aww. so uh, happy that you were able to make some time because you are fucking busy and crushing it right now. Thank you, and thank uh, you for working with my schedule. Absolutely. Oh, oh my thank gosh. You. Yeah. Thanks for making the time for us. We're just so, I'm I know it's really good to see you, dude. I know. I'm not gonna see you around the pack anymore, so I'm it's a little so bummed sad. about that. I know. Um, so, Alyssa, are you on um are you on TikTok right now? I know you do. You're you're on Twitter. You're on uh, Instagram. Uh, I think I'm technically on on TikTok. I don't really. Fine. I'm I'm like on there, but I'm not on there. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm supposed to be on there. My all my reps are like, please be on there, and I'm like, I don't have time. When I, when I sell this TV show, I'm going to pay someone to edit videos for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you thought about putting up just like stand-up clips? I started doing that. Okay, okay cool. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I started, yeah. I've seen some of your stand-up clips on in, just on Instagram and like, you know, 
I guess Facebook. We don't talk about that though. I know, right? I know. I know. It's, it's so like weird. Icky. Yeah. No, it's not. It's, it's, I, mean, I don't know. It's weird. I don't. I, Facebook. I, I don't. You meta? Don't you mean meta? meta? Oh right. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's great. I see your. We can see your stand up clips on on Instagram. Yeah. And you do you know a really good job. There's some great great clips. So if you're listening, uh, check out Alyssa on Instagram, especially uh, and on Twitter, and then you know uh, prepare yourself because you're gonna see her on your TV. Uh, yeah. yeah, you may have already. That's true. <laughs> Very you may true. have already, but uh, I can't wait to see you fucking sell a show. Yeah. Thanks, me too. Yeah, yes. I'm excited because that is going to happen. It is when the idea is there. You know what I mean? It's just like it's really good, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like, when it's idiot, there. To, yeah, fucking yeah. be an idiot not to buy it. Like, Hell yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks I love you. Both, I love you both so much. I love you too. <laughs> great oh it was really nice to like actually see Alyssa in a, a, a context where we could like talk and catch up uh, I'm super stoked that she's she's doing stand-up and that she's doing stuff you know for herself that mm-hmm. are you know I think for a long time you know <laughs> she, you know she wasn't she was trying to take care of everybody else and it's it's really cool to get her to see her doing you know her thing and getting to see the fruits of her labors yeah uh you know coming through for her for herself yeah yeah uh being an artistic director is a thankless job yes <laughs> it, it, really, it can be it can be and even when it is it, even when there are thanks and even when there is gratitude it's still like that's still it's a difficult job right right and also you know like we've talked about if you are a person who has your own personal creative goals and pursuits if you are putting all that energy you know what I mean? Into making sure that this larger theater and everyone who's at this theater is able to achieve their goals. Your, yes. your own are going to suffer probably. Yeah. I feel like the big takeaway that I got from that interview was that, you know, the power is yours. The power, your attitude towards life, your attitude towards other people, that power is in yourself. Right. And it and the biggest thing about her is, you know, that that discipline, and you do have to be disciplined to uh, have that, you know, keep that power for yourself of what you want to do and how you want to see the world. Um, and uh, I just, I don't know. I like that. She always tries her best to be positive and try, you know, and it doesn't, to me, it does not come off as toxic. You know what I mean? Like there's toxic positivity and then there's yes. you know, positivity. Uh, right. Uh, it seems like she's she's pretty realistic about stuff while at the same time letting herself dream and I really like that yeah I mean she is an east coaster right and so I think like being realistic is very much a part of like being a New Yorker right you know like yes yeah yeah well it was really really cool uh having her on and you know what else is cool uh this coming February 17th at 5 p.m pacific time 8 (laughs) p.m Eastern Standard Time, the Period Podcast Network is having a fundraiser. That's right. It's going to be over Zoom, and we're going to have some really cool performances from all of uh, all of the podcasts on the network. If you haven't had a chance to follow our network, please do. Uh, we are all about underrepresented voices in podcasting. So if you don't support us, you're a real piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
And fuck you. And fuck you. Uh, that's some really good podcasts right now. I think Girl Boner is putting out new episodes right yes. now. And uh, so is uh, Elaine's cooking yes. podcast is putting out new episodes right now. And, also, um, low-key, uh, Kate and I were just on an episode that yeah. got released recently. And it was so fun. Yeah, it was great. We got to play some characters that uh, that they wrote. It was really fun. It was really fun. Yeah. And we got to do some voiceover work together. It was really dope. I loved it. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, and then I think uh, Tinseltown Tea and Comadresi Comics are always putting out, and uh, Yes, the Stripper are always putting out new episodes. Yes. So check those out. Um, and, you know, check out the fundraiser, like and subscribe uh, to our podcast, and leave us a review. We appreciate your feedback. We appreciate you uh, engaging with us. Yes, yes. Not only them, them five stars, but also leave us a written review on Apple Pods. Um, it's, it's really helpful for us, uh, just to get, you know, more listeners and also for us to know how you're feeling about stuff. Like if you like what we're doing, let us know. If you don't let us know, of course, uh, as always, you'll be entered into a raffle to win some cool, cool prize, um, which we will figure out very soon. (laughs) (laughs) Look, hard to run a raffle guys. Yes. We're doing the best we can, (laughs) (laughs) which I mean, admittedly could be better on my end. I do. No, no. Shh. Stop it. You stop. You stop. You you shut your beautiful mouth. Oh, my God. You have a beautiful mouth. Oh, God. Okay. Nikki and I are going to go make out now. Um. <laughs> uh, if you uh, if you donate to Period Podcasts on our on our Patreon, you can get an exclusive video of us making out. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Yeah. We're, not, mm-hmm. not, not. we're very voyeuristic about it. I mean, we do it for ourselves, but we're happy to share. Right. <laughs> Kate and I have never made out. Um, uh, just want to say that. Just uh, one record that it will happen. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Hey, everybody. Keep crushing it. <laughs> Comedy Girl Crush was created by Nikki Urban, is edited by Kate Siegel, is produced by Kate Siegel, Mackenzie Mazel, and the Period Podcast Network. Our music is by Rena Hundert, and our artwork is by Ariel Alter. And that's on period. Network.